Welcome to Stirred Up Podcast. It is August 25th, episode number six. We got a lot to talk about today. Got NFL, MLB, PGA, week zero for college football, and our bets for college football and uh, picks for uh, PGA top 10 uh, going into this weekend for the second round of the and Teddy Bridgewater were named starters today or yesterday, yesterday and today for both. I saw Teddy Bridgewater was named the starter for the, the, the Broncos today. Um, I guess it's kind of huge news. I mean, now you're kind of saying you, they don't trust Drew Locke. They're pretty much just uh, having Teddy as a starter and then absolutely that, moves on from Drew Locke. Absolutely moves on from Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater is a starter. Don't know if that's going to be their guy uh, for the future. Maybe it's just kind of like the uh, what the what the Dolphins did with Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he kept him around for a year uh, to either develop a younger guy or wait until they draft a younger guy um, in the next draft. So I feel like that's kind of what the Teddy Bridgewater being named starter for the Broncos is this year. I mean, he's more than a capable starter, though. I mean, he's played. Dude, Teddy Two Gloves can play some football. He's played a lot of games. He started all last year with the Carolina Panthers. Um, he didn't do terrible. Their team wasn't the greatest, but I mean, he looked better than some of the other quarterbacks that started last year. He's had he's had success in the NFL. He had a monster year with the with the Vikings, and obviously had that nasty injury. Um, but dude, he can do some things for the Broncos for sure. Yeah. They've got some weapons. They have a great defense for sure, um, and a great defensive head coach in Fangio. He can do some some magical things on the defensive side of the ball. I think having Teddy Bridgewater for them really helps the Broncos. They're in a division where the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs can put up points. And the toughest thing with the Broncos last year was they had a good defense, but Drew Locke would turn the ball over two to three times a game. And Teddy Br- or Drew Lockwood, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to turn the ball over two to three times a game. He's going to keep that team in the in the uh, in the system. They're going to do what they need to do: just go down the field, don't turn the ball over. Uh, more of a game manager type guy, and just make sure the defense keeps him in the in the football game. So I think that will help him this year. And then yeah, I uh, think uh, I think Bridgewater is going to be really solid for him. And then Justin Fields announced he's starting. Uh, this week for the for the Bears and the yeah week, is week two correct of the preseason this is week three week three um, <clears throat> yeah final week uh, and yeah we're giving it to Fields and we're playing Tennessee too so I'm imagining you know they're gonna have some of their guys out there and that's a pretty solid defense so I'm excited to see what Fields can do against uh, some first stringers as well as you know playing with our first stringers um but you know if he does that sparks the rumors does if he does play well do we see fields take the you know field week one i don't know i mean matt Nagy already said Andy dalton's going to be starter week one 
Uh, the thing is, we we don't owe Andy Dalton anything. No, no, you don't. But I I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if Matt Nagy wants to keep his job, I think he needs to get Fields in there sooner rather than later. And to be honest with you, if he keeps Andy Dalton in there and they lose a couple games, but um, I don't know. I if if Andy Dalton loses a couple games, they go. You know. They start off the season two and two, one and three. Then they bring Fields in there, and Fields gets thrusted into have having to win. I think if we just put Fields in there, and that's what I'm I'm with you on that is if we if we're out there like one and three, and then we go to Fields, man, that puts a whole lot more pressure than when we're zero and zero. You know, he can control whole season. Yeah, hundred percent. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm gonna look at a couple weeks. I believe uh, game one of the season is September 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they got a little bit, but we'll see how that goes. And there's some key free agents next couple of weeks that couldn't possibly either get picked up or not signed yet. K.J. Wright, Mitchell Schwartz, uh, Olivia Vernon, and obviously Richard Sherman. Um, I know K.J. Wright is down to two teams, obviously the Raiders being one of them, and the Seahawks. Uh, so we'll see if he resigns with the Seahawks and goes back or if he comes with the Raiders. I I have a feeling he might just go back to the Seahawks. KJ Wright will. Uh, it's so close to the season to where if he wants to start, might as well just go to a team where he already knows the playbook and knows all the people on the roster. Just go back to the Seahawks. It'll be difficult for him to go to the Raiders, learn a brand-new playbook, two weeks before the season starts and think you're going to start week one and be efficient. The defense is a little bit easier, right? <clears throat> Transition yeah. wise. You're not learning, you know, too much really. Yeah. You're just really but learning I, I a think, scheme and some signals. Yeah. I guess for defense, especially like, as a linebacker, as a linebacker, he's just learning calls, different calls. Uh, I, I guess what I've heard on the football side is the hardest thing is different verbiage, depending on where you're from. Yeah. And what his other teammate, you know, and his new teammates can do, right. He's yeah. used to talking to, you know, certain teammates and knowing what they can do, what their capabilities are. Yeah. He's used to playing next to Bobby Wagner his, his career. So going to the Raiders. Not Schwartz is intriguing though, dude. That's a hell of a tackle, man. Back-to-back yeah. Super Bowls. Um, I, I mean, the Bears just signed Jason Peters, um, but we'll see. I'm sure he'll get picked up by somebody. I mean, obviously, a lot of injuries happen at the offensive line position. Yeah. I mean, talking about guys going to different different teams, do we see Gardner Minshew ended up going to a different team? I mean – I fucking hope so, dude. He, I Personally, I think he deserves a shot. I don't think he – like, you told me, oh, Raiders. I don't think that will happen. Derek Carr and I – I think it's I a good pers- fit. I, I personally think Derek Carr and uh, Marcus Mariota are better than uh, Gardner Minshew. But Gardner Minshew could definitely go and play. I mean, he can go to Houston. I mean, my thing is, right, he was on a team the past two years where they were just supposed to, you know, maybe one win both yeah. years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a 37 to 37 touchdown to 11 interception ratio. Yeah, it's pretty darn good, man. He he had some big wins over some teams as well. Yeah, uh, he's definitely passionate about the game. I don't know. We'll see. I hope. Uh, definitely hope Minshew gets a shot somewhere. Yeah, and he, I think also he can it's definitely not, not going to be in Jacksonville. Obviously, it's not going to be in Jacksonville. I, mean, I think the best situation from him is if he gets traded or whatever, signs with a different team after the end of this year. 
if he goes to like a, a Vikings or like a uh like a Washington football team or a team like where they have aging quarterbacks and he can step in, learn the system, and then come in. They already know he can play. Um, I don't know if that'll work out for him in those situations, but I think that's a, a way that I think if I were Gardner Minshew, that's the way I would I would go. And then um, just uh, Travis Etienne could be out for the rest of the year before even playing a before even playing in in a in a game. Did you see that? Yeah, honestly, I'm not. I did see that. Um, <clears throat> I didn't quite understand what the injury was. I don't really see. I, I don't want to say I could care less, but I really could care less because I thought it was a stupid pick when they drafted him because they have fucking James Robinson. Yeah. Who's a yeah. monster. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I think they had so a, James Robinson's fantasy. Just, you know, his stock just went right back up because he had yeah. a monster year last year, dude, as yeah. a rookie. Yeah, and it was they, it was just yeah, it was an odd pick to me for sure. They definitely had more needs than a running back, which they already had a possible rookie of the year last year, and they had a lot more needs on the defensive side of the ball on the offensive line. So I think they could have used that pick to go get one of those guys. But hey, I'm not a GM. That's what they went with. Just some uh, other news around. Uh, Sports NBA J.R. Smith is officially now a collegiate golfer. Yeah, that's sweet. You see the video of him on campus too, getting his textbooks. Yep. Oh, dude, great, great for freaking. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna get a lot of coverage on that of him oh, yeah. playing. Hopefully, he's you know turns out to be pretty solid and and plays pretty well. So if they win like a, a their first team event and they celebrate that win, does J.R. Smith go shirtless and celebrate? Uh, on on the campus and go party with the guys or what do you think he does that definitely not on the campus he'll definitely bring him back to whatever mansion he's staying at you know yeah. in north carolina and yeah. i'm sure they'll have a great time with jr smith yeah 100 as well as about half that university yeah uh now let's move on to the other two uh two sports that are hot in the playoff races or playoffs which is baseball and golf We'll start with baseball. The Yankees are scorching hot. They're hotter than hot right now. They won 11 straight, while the Baltimore Orioles have lost 19 straight. That's just astounding to me that a baseball team can lose 19 straight games. The Orioles are very bad. Orioles are very bad. Um, but, I mean, the Yankees are just the four games back of – Tampa right now, they're two and a half games up on the wild card, so they're pretty much in the playoffs if they keep playing like they're going to play. I don't know if they'll catch Tampa. Um, yeah, I'm locking them into the wild – at least the wild card spot, least, first wild card yeah. spot. They'll at least be five. Um, and they're getting Severino back. Yeah, technically they have the second-best record in the AL right now behind Tampa, who's in their division. Um, but, I mean, the wild card races are hot right now. You have, they are. Dude, Mariners just took two from Oakland. Mariners took two from um, Oakland. Oakland's two I think there's and a half. three back or two, two o- and a half. Oakland's two back and Seattle's three. So that was a huge uh, series for Seattle to get a little bit closer. Boston did win their last uh, – they won their last two games, so that helps. Um, obviously, they beat the Orioles, so that yeah. 
I know the Mariners have a series coming up against the Red Sox, so that's going to, yeah, you know, especially for the Mariners, that's going to, you know, play a lot for them uh, looking forward into the playoffs. And then Cincinnati is one game up over the Padres right now. And then uh, St. Louis and Philly. St. Louis is four. Philly is five games back of that final wild card spot. So all those teams right now are kind of in the mix to see if San Diego doesn't step it up and keep playing it, start playing well, they might find themselves home early in September. San Diego. Yep. The Padres. Dude, they invested so much to so wow. much money with that. Gosh, that's a, are they the highest payroll or are they just blow the Dodgers? They're just below the Dodgers. Yeah. That would be wild for them not to get in the playoffs. Yeah, they're, and then it looks like the, the Dodgers are doing well right now. The Dodgers are shrunk that. I think it was five game back of the Giants after the uh, all-star break. Now they're two and a half. Um, Dodgers are nine and one right now in their last 10. I think they – I don't know if they'll catch San Francisco. I don't think they – they played San Francisco once and we won in a three-game series the last uh, – the rest of the September before they get to October. So they play the Dodgers, Colorado, and Arizona quite more. So that could be in their favor, I guess, if San Francisco stumbles a couple games because they don't play each other that much. But we'll see. Giants are solid, though, dude. Like, like we said our last episode, man, they just win series after series. Yeah. Um, and they're a solid baseball club with a great manager. So I have complete faith in them to uh, at least make the playoffs. Yeah. And then uh, – Yadier Molina signed a one-year, 10-year deal with the uh, Cardinals earlier this week, which just means he's going to probably going to retire um, after that. He announced it. He announced it, so he announced he's going to retire at the end of the season next year. Yeah, Yeah, he said next year is his last year. And I've never liked guys doing their, like, farewell tour in their last year, but I think Yadier deserves that. He's kind of like a David Ortiz. Everyone loves him. He's such a likable guy around baseball and if you watch baseball he's just a guy you enjoy to watch he's always having fun he's never I mean yeah he picks fights he starts a couple brawls every now and then but he's always a guy that just he's friends with almost everyone in baseball I feel like so I think he it's well deserved that he gets a farewell tour yeah absolutely I mean I remember being young his whole family was in the big leagues he had Jose Molina Benji Molina and Yadier Molina were all up there uh, and I was a huge fan of Benji, uh, Benji Molina. He was awesome. Uh, and he yeah, is, he is be by, exciting for him. He is by far the best catcher in the last 20 years since Johnny Bench. And yeah. it's not even close. He uh, is yeah. The, the I mean, best, defensively for sure. Yeah. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer, which I think he should be. Um, we'll see how. Yeah. Hopefully St. Louis can put together a, you know, a ball club next year. So, yeah. you know, we'd love to see Yachty back in the playoffs, at least yeah. for, you know, one more season. And now we're um, we're also going to start a little. I don't know if it's a segment or, yeah, we'll just call it a segment. Uh, it's going to be today's toast each episode, and we're going to today's toast, toast to greatness. Today's toast to greatness. We're going to toast to a a person that did something great uh, in the last couple of days that we've seen. Um, and today's toast to greatness is the Ray Caldwell. Struck by lightning. You need a water. I have an agua. I just got back from you're class. Toast, how are you going to toast a hand to water? <laughs> I'm doing it. Jesus. Uh, 
I got Michelob Ultra Superior Light go. Beer, low calorie, great taste. If you want to sponsor us, Michelob, go ahead. Uh, Ray Caldwell struck by lightning and then finishes the game with one out left. I wanted you to explain it because you were the one that talked about it to me. Yeah, dude. Uh, gets struck. It was uh, August, so it was 102 years yesterday, but August uh, 24th, 1919, got struck by lightning, eighth inning, two outs. And he's pitching a complete, complete game. I don't know if it was a shutout, but he's pitching a complete game. Gets struck by lightning. I don't know how long he was out for, um, but they're about to announce, pronounce him dead. And dude just starts crawling around, gets up, and says, "I got one more out left." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking finishes oh, it, dude. Oh my god! Could you imagine just, uh, if that happened? Lightning bolt Nowadays. to the chest. Uh. Nowadays, that guy would have been out for the rest of the year. Could have. I mean, they so... had to. I mean, this is 1919, right? They had to have thought this guy just got like superpowers, right? Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They thought he was going to now throw a hundred miles an hour, which is un unseen last in that uh, day and age. Of lightning like bolts. Henry Rowan Gardner is fucking throwing missiles. Just throwing the, the lightning bolts coming out of his fingers when he releases the ball. Um, so yeah, that's just yeah. Toasting to you today, Ray Caldwell. There we go. Congrats uh, on your CG. <laughs> all right, so it's week zero in college football. Uh, finally, we could. I mean, we've always we've been saying it for a couple of weeks now since we started the podcast. Football's back, you know. Hard knocks, football's back. First week of preseason, football's back. But this weekend, officially. These games matter. They Football's count. back. They count on the record. So yeah. there's a Big Ten matchup too this weekend. Uh, we have a, we're not going to say great games. I will definitely be watching most of them. I tell you that I will be at one of them. Uh, we have Nebraska at Illinois. Nebraska is a seven point favorite. UConn at Fresno State. Fresno State is a twenty seven and a half point favorite. Hawaii UCLA. UCLA is a seventeen point favorite. UTEP New Mexico State. UTEP is a nine-point favorite. And then there's one more game. I believe it was Southern, Southern Utah, San Jose Southern, State. There we go. Southern Utah, San Jose State. I don't have the odds in front of me right now. I'm sure, I'm sure San, San Jose is favored. I'm sure by San Jose State's favored. San Jose they won Mountain West last year, right? Yeah, we have a we have a we have a yeah, they did. We have three uh three Mountain West teams playing this weekend. About yeah, that. A lot of action. I do like I do like that Hawaii 17 points against UCLA. 17 points. We'll see. Although how... Chip Kelly is on the hot seat, so UCLA might come out firing. Yeah. Um the Nebraska Illinois game. We'll see how it's gonna be. What's uh, the spread on that? Seven. For who? So Nebraska. Nebraska. Here's the thing though. Nebraska isn't under investigation right now by the NCAA for improper use of analysis and holding illegal off-campus workouts. I don't know what that means for their season. Uh, if you guys don't understand what the illegal off-campus workout means, in college sports, you are allotted a time each week that you are allowed to have practices. And if you go over that time, you will be penalized. doesn't matter what sport it is. Every sport is different depending on the, or in every sport has a different time depending on the uh, the calendar year. For them, they're you know, probably, their, their season when they play. Right during their season when they play, they're only allowed to have a certain amount of time. 
Um, so they were under investigation because during a lot of time where they may have less hours during the week, they were practicing when they shouldn't have been practicing. And I, from my personal experience, the only way that somebody's going to know that is if a player on the team says it. Yeah. That's the only way that's going to So we'll see how that clubhouse is going in there. Because me – Dude, I honestly like Illinois. They got a new coach, Bert uh, Bielema, right? Yeah, Brett Bielema. Yeah, I couldn't – I mean, he's – He's a great football coach. Great football coach, coach at Arkansas, coach at Washington – or Wisconsin – um, he knows how to coach, especially in the Big Ten. So I think uh, he does. It's a good game. Illinois at home. I might, yeah, I might, I might sit on that plus seven. We'll see. Yeah, UConn, Fresno State. I'm a, obviously I went to Fresno State. They play UConn. UConn. The re, I think the reason why the odds are so high, uh, the why uh, or Fresno State is such a high favorite. Fresno State is returning their entire offense all 11 starters from last year. And UConn didn't opt it out of last year, so they didn't play. They haven't played since 2019. So I think that's the reason why there's a, almost a 30-point spread between those two because Fresno State played last year and they have their entire starter. They're uh, starting 11. And their quarterback last year at Fresno State, Jake Hayner, this will be his first full camp with Fresno State. He transferred from Washington to Fresno State last year, two weeks before the season started, and then ended up taking over their starting role after game one um, last year. So he never had a fall camp. This was his first fall camp. So we'll see uh, how that happens. I'll be at that game. I'll be drinking. I think Connecticut covers. You think Connecticut covers? I do. We'll see. UConn has never played a game in their their team's history in California. This is the farthest they have to ever come out, uh, out west. It is an early game for the West Coast guys. It's 11 a.m. game here. Um, I think that's that's the earliest game I've heard of on the West Coast since I think I remember watching USC and Arizona State play a 9 a.m. game last year during COVID. They usually play a couple morning Pac-12 games. Yeah, they play, I mean, yeah, a noon kickoff, but 11 a.m. is pretty early. I mean, I know Fresno State has never played – I mean, they've played one – since I've been around, they've played one-day game. I can remember. can remember. And then UCLA, 17-point favorite against Hawaii. Uh, Dorian Thomas-Robinson back for his – I believe this is his third year as a full-time starter. Um, we'll see. I mean, the the Hawaii has a, a veteran quarterback. He's been their quarterback for the last two years. Uh, Chevanon Corrado. I don't know how, if I pronounced that right. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, not much with college football. If you have to – if you have to – if you have to pick one one game and pick your with the odds with the spread, you're betting against the spread right now. Take your one pick. I'm picking Fresno State. I think they could win by 35. Wow! I think it's a blowout. 35. I think people are going home or at at. Uh, at one o'clock, UConn's not going to feel the heat of the of the valley. It's supposed to be hot this weekend. I mean, it's already 102 right now here, um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a hot one for them. So yeah, Saturday Saturday here is uh, supposed to be 106, so it's a hot game. You on the turf, UConn I think doesn't play well. 
Yeah, UConn's ass, dude. I'm looking at their 2019 season. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to go with that one. I, I like the uh, I like the Illinois plus seven. I like Illinois giving them I plus get seven. seven points. I do. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's move on to the uh, BMW Championship up in Maryland. It is the second stage of the FedEx Cup playoffs. You had to be top 70 to get in and the FedEx Cup standings to get in. And Northern Trust, Tony Fina finally gets it done. Uh, his first win in 1,975 days. He was the poster child of don't win the Puerto Rico Open because if you win that tournament, you'll never win another one. Um, and he finally did it. So he finally broke through that. Uh, stigma this is my thing yeah dude look out pga tour man because if this is like a monkey off his back for tony fino that's a dude that um is in the top 10 damn near every weekend mm-hmm. i think he has i think he has eight top 10s this season um, on the tour alone a couple second place finishes i know he's i mean if he's not in top 10 he's at least top 25 almost every week yeah um so if he can go on a run here, man, great for Tony Fino. I've always liked him. Um, I said that, you know, on our last episode with uh, Johnny, he's always been one of my favorite golfers, super humble guy on the course. And hopefully he can go on a run. He is first right now in the FedEx Cup in the points. Yeah. And he's had so many. Um, I mean, yeah, he had eight top tens, two seconds this year. That's just this year. Throughout his career. He's always played well in the, those tough tournaments. I mean, he's gotten second at when Tiger won uh, the Masters in 2018. Tony Fino got second. I think he's had a couple of top fives in U.S. Opens. Uh, he's been always been up there in the Open Championship. He's played well in other tournaments. He's always been that guy that he plays really well, but he just haven't haven't been able to break through and finally, you know, finally get that win under his belt. And he did. I mean, he went with ex- – and crazy low low score to win the tournament 20 under i mean he shot 67 64 68 65 to win and uh he's I had mean, some tough luck too he's one yeah. in, he was one and three his one win was in a playoff and then he's one and three in playoffs now he's two and three yeah um but interesting to build off of that right going into the bmw championship they pair Finau right there with cam smith who we just you know played the playoff with and john yeah. rom who was at the top uh with fino as well yeah um so that's going to be an awesome uh, pairing to follow as, as well as you know there's a couple other solid pairings with uh kepka um xander shoffley and hovland that'll be a good one and cantley jt and morikawa there's a lot of great pairings you know other than just those as well and then uh i don't know if you saw but did you see victor hovland break his putter on monday Halfway through the round. So, I think it was on eight. Uh, Hovland, Victor Hovland missed a a short putt, and he was angry about it, and he slammed his putter into his bag. And he picked up the putter, and his putter face was wide open to where, like, he he couldn't even use it anymore. So, the rest of the round, he was using a look like a pitching wedge. As his he was, he's putting with his wedge. He's putting with his wedge. And he made a couple of birdie putts. I mean, he didn't play terrible. Um, 
I mean, Victor Hovland was going into the tournament as in, in the top 10 in, in the Sunday. So he was right there. He was, I think he was yeah. only four shots back. Um, but he finished. He still finished pretty well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, he finished. Oh, I lost his name. Uh, he's still 14th right now in the FedEx Cup. So, I mean, he, you know, top like five in a, or a win, he puts, him by, his, puts himself right there. Yeah. I think I'm, bl- uh, I'm blind. Uh, he finished seven yeah. under. He finished T43. Okay, then he that weekend. Up. Yeah. Um, but that's just hilarious just to watch, you know a professional golfer and he's a type of guy that always seems like he's calm cool and collective is always has a smile on his face never really gets up and up like crazy ups or crazy downs when he's playing uh it's just to see him you know slam his putter on the ground after missing a short putt uh it was just crazy just to you know see a guy like like with that um mentality and stature just <laughs> have to go to his wedge the rest <laughs> the rest of the rest of the tournament for sure um, who do you got as a uh, a top ten going in? Yeah, dude, uh, it's a loaded field. Um, obviously, there's a lot of big names. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a super low scoring, you know, weekend again. I'm sure the final, you know, going into the final round, I'm sure it's going to be somewhat what it was at the Northern Trust. Um, but I'm liking Scotty Scheffler for top 10 this weekend. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a high. That's um, a good one. Scotty Scheffler, definitely top 10. Um, hopefully he can sneak out a win. I've always liked him. He was yep. the rookie of the year last year. And uh, we'll see what he's got. My top 10 is a guy that won two weekends ago or three weekends ago, Abraham Answer. Uh, I think he'll have a, 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 good, a good showing this week. Uh, I mean, he's he's always played well. He's always he's. I'm not saying he's a Tony Fino type or he's always top two or top ten, but he always has been in the mix in those big tournaments. And it always seems like he does well uh, in on tough courses. So I think he can. Uh, I think he'll, he'll he'll do well. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a fan of Ants here, man. He usually. Yeah, pretty similar to Fina now. It seems like that final round always kind of just bites him in the ass. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, and I mean we're we're closing down in on the uh, on the Ryder Cup standings on or on the Ryder Cup. I saw that the first five, the the top five in Ryder Cup, Colin Morikawa, Justin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Bryson DeChambeau all are on the Ryder Cup team. As of right now, they all qualified, so they're in no matter what. Um, and there's three more guys that we qualified, and then after that, then a stricker gets to pick the final, the final eight. Did you say Fina was qualified? No, Fina was not qualified. Okay. Well, he'll get in. I think Fina will get in no matter what. He has to. Um, I mean, if he keeps playing yeah. well. P. Um, Reed's obviously. Patrick Reed's obviously out. Patrick Reed's obviously um, out. If you guys don't know, he's in the hospital right now with pneumonia. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of guys that there is. aren't technically. I mean, Shoffley, I think he's at six right now. I think he plays well. If he plays well in this next tournament, I think he's qualified in uh, automatically. Shoffley plays well every tournament. I'm sure he plays well. He just won a gold medal too. 
<laughs> how do you pop pick a guy yeah. for the Ryder Cup after he wins the gold medal? Yeah. And uh, Jordan Spieth is up there too. I, th- I believe he's seven or eight. Um, so I think there's. I mean, you can go down the list, right? The USA is stacked with golfers, man. Currently, there's, there's tons. But the problem is, I mean, you start naming these names. These are all the same guys that were on the team in 2018. Or 2000, yeah, 2018 when they played in Paris and they got their ass kicked. So I guess it's more and that course was a little golf though, man. You can play golf. shitty. And I mean the course looked extremely difficult. Uh what is it? La Paris National in Paris. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Whistling Straits is not any easier. That course is playing it firsthand. It's like I just don't understand how guys can these greens are crazy undulating every every you don't have a flat line of single fairway um, i'm honestly not super excited about deshambo being on it i'm not he hasn't been playing terribly well recently um ever since you know his caddy left he's having to figure out his new caddy i mean i don't know if you have you heard of the other another podcast called golf so par um they had his caddy on there bryson deshambo's caddy uh and they were just asking him, like, what his day in and day out is every day, like, going to the course. Like, what does he need to do to prepare for a tournament? And he would say, like, he had to get the green density, the air density, the fairway density, um, just to figure out, like, the perfect landing spots for these guys, for Bryson. He also had to uh, – the moisture density, he had to figure that out before each tournament. Each morning, he redid everything again. Um so when you when you have that guy that's you helped you win the U.S. Open, helped you win multiple tournaments on the PGA Tour the last couple last couple of years, and then you lose him going into probably the the toughest part of the season. I mean, you, the last three four weeks, or now you're starting to play on not major conditions, but pretty damn close major conditions in the FedEx Cup, and you lose out on him, and then now you're probably going to lose out him on the Ryder Cup. That's difficult, especially for how much Bryson wants. And it's hard just to bring a caddy and say, hey, do all this again. I just don't understand how he's going to play well in a team setting. I don't know who's going to want to play with with him. Yeah, absolutely on that. Um, I mean, although he would probably be a great two-ball pairing because he can hit the shit out of it, right? You can just play one safe and you can be like, all right, you know, swing for the fucking fences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm – I'm not excited about this shit, but the thing about all those statistics, man, and like all this shit that he needs, he needs to be winning more. If he wants to, you know, have his caddies, you know, being grabbing all this information for him and taking his sweet ass time on the course, he needs to start winning more, you know, to gain the respect for all this science behind the golf. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's difficult uh, to go into a team setting like that. Like I said, they're like, Who's going to want to play with him? Because there's so many times where there's multiple, like he's not playing with Brooks Kapka. There's no way in chance, no way in hell he's going to play with Brooks Kapka. But there's also other guys on the team that have chirped at him for stuff he said, like Colin Marikawa, Justin Thomas. I mean, those are one and four. Those guys are top five guys in the world. And Dude, I don't, I don't know if they bring DeChambeau. He's, he, he's already on the team. He's qualified. He has to be on. So, and Brooks is qualified. And Brooks is qualified. So, oh, all, dude, I wonder how that's going to go. So, we'll see how that goes. I saw an interview where Brooks said, like, hey, put once, them two together. He goes, once Ryder Cup, like, we're teammates. As soon as we're teammates, like, 
everything from the past is we'll talk, we'll figure everything out to play well for the Ryder Cup and to win for the USA. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, you can't have two years of hating a guy and then be on a team and be friends with him for a weekend and then go back to hating him again. Like that's just not going to work out. For sure. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I think it'll be uh, absolutely intriguing to see who Stricker pairs up DeChambeau with when they start going alternate shot and two ball. I mean, you put a, he'll play, I think. I, he'll play I, with someone that can, you know, that's pretty accurate. that can keep it in play. Yeah. Uh, maybe Webb Simpson. He's not even, yeah, he could be a, a guy that, you know, gets picked up. I mean, Webb Simpson is pretty like, likable. Um, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't I think he this and this course is not going to be suited for his game. Um, it's very windy, it's very fast, uh, not a flat lie. The greens are incredibly difficult. So if he doesn't have a teammate, or if he doesn't have the his all of his science, I guess you would say dialed in correctly going into the singles pairing, I don't know how well he's going to do in the Ryder Cup. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, That's all I got. I mean, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited for college football. Finally, we have some uh, 11 a.m. game, so it's early for me. Wake up, watch game day, drink some mimosas. We're getting over. close. We're getting close, Journey X. We got the NFL right around the corner. We can all taste it, right? We can all it's taste right there. The barbecue, so, the tailgates. Yeah, Rudes is going to be tailgating at the Fresno <laughs> State game like he was back in. He is in college, but like he's yeah. back in college <laughs> oh, <I'll, laughs> back dude, in the day. I'll tell you just a little story about my first day in class, just so all the listeners can hear about it too. Um, I had a professor talking. By the way, I, I graduate in this December, and most of the students in this class are seniors. Almost all of them are – all my classes, they're all seniors. They're all graduating either in December or in May. So they're all 22, 23. I think that's how old they would be if they're graduating. Teacher starts talking and then says like, hey, like anyone, uh, anyone older than like 22, like, fifth, like half the class raises their hand. I'm like, I'm in the back writing my notes down, like just being quiet because I don't know anyone. Raise my hand. And then she goes, anyone older than 23? Everyone else's hands go down but me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have your hand up for 22? Yeah. No, oh yeah, she said older than twenty-two, and then and then she said, for that. "Yeah, everyone's hand." And then every she said, "Keep your hands up." Anyone older than twenty-three, everyone puts their hand down but me. And then she goes, "Well, except for him, I've been teaching since I was twenty-three." Uh, she was just explaining how old she was when she started uh, teaching in college, and I'm like, "Well, I'm twenty-six. I'm old." And Hey, that's what happens, you know. Just stood up and said, yeah, well, I'm 26 and everyone in here can eat a big bag of shit and walked out. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, that was class number one on the first week of school. So I was it was off to a, a hot start for me this week. Everything else has been a piece of cake. Yeah. Back to school. <laughs> it's it's nice. crazy. All right. Um, all right, Sterniacs, thanks for listening. Subscribe. Um Watch college football this weekend. Get those bets in. Watch the PGA, uh, the BMW championship. Um, it'll be a good one. It should be fast and high scoring, so or soft and high scoring. So it should be fun. 
All right. Thanks, Darnax. Oh.